Welcome to Animate the World, a show about two friends and their love letter to animation in all its wonderful forms. I'm your co-host, Kelly Smimo. And I'm Richard Minari. And you remembered your cue. I did this time. I was ready to go. Wow. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode two of this jaunt through animation. Still don't know where we're heading, but enjoying the journey. How about you, Richard? This is me checking in. I'm loving this, actually. It's sort of like just workshopping this, trying to see where it goes, taking the journey. It's good. It's good? It's good? Mm-hmm. It's good. Okay, well, do you want to hit us off with one of your little challenge questions that you came up with? Of course. Well, I guess you didn't come up with them. Oh, I, no, no, no. <laughs> These are like six <laughs> years old. Someone gave them to me. So for those of you who don't remember, we are going through like this list of 30 like anime related prompts for us to sort of reflect on and discuss. Uh, Last week, we talked about um, our very first animes and sort of what that meant and how we sort of perceived it as an anime. This week, the question I have for you, Kelly Smimo, is... I'm ready. What is your favorite anime that you've watched in the past year? In the past year? Oh, that's hard. This was a good year. Okay. What have I watched this year? <laughs> watched for the first time this year or rewatched? How about uh, watch for the first time this year? But I also really want okay. to hear rewatched as well. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Huh? What did I watch this year? What did we watch in club last semester? Uh, when was Tatami <laughs> Galaxy? Tatami Galaxy was in the fall. Yeah, that's a bit far back, I guess. What are we doing this yeah. spring? I think we watched Suritama, yeah, yeah, but I'd already yeah. seen that. And then what was our 24? Wow, I have wow. no idea. I guess it wasn't memorable. <laughs> I'm sure it was, but we're just dumb. Yeah, wait, was it? No, no, wait, was it Noragami? Yes, 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 I remember it was Noragami. Oh, man, Noragami. Was not the best, biggest fan of that one. Like, there were At parts least of the that anime. were really cool, but, like, the ending was just kind of like, oh. Mm, I don't know. I hear that like it's very different from the manga, and the manga is a lot better. Oh. I have a friend who hates the anime and loves the manga, so it's probably one of those. I just felt the pacing was a little oh yeah, the pacing a little rushed. Yeah, characters weren't given enough room to kind of like be great. Absolutely, because like <laughs> they had some really good potential. I liked them a lot, but right? they could have done more. They really could have done more. I just want a whole series dedicated to the 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 one lady of destruction or poverty or whatever she was. And her husband and living in a shop. That would be nice. Right? That would have been so much better. Uh-huh. Her bad luck god, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. I love those two. Mm-hmm. And they got like zero screen time. Mm-hmm. Except for when they were falling for seven years. That was solid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I thought of it. I thought of it. I thought Mm-mm. of it. Orange. Or- was that the orange one? What? Was that orange or is that different from orange? Orange. Oh, it was orange. I thought you said Orin. And I was like, what's Orin? Orin I saw like 8,000 years ago. No, Orange, which came out in the summer. Oh, yeah. And I marathoned not during the summer, but like in September Mm. and absolutely adored. Mm -hmm. Um, So Orange, if you guys are not familiar with it, is a show about like this high school friend group who um, is in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the main girl who, I've forgotten her name now, you know. who gets a letter from her future self 10 years into the future, um, and it's telling her stuff that's happening now, 
and she's saying that you're going to meet this transfer student. He's going to become a really close friend of yours, um, but, you know, you're going to lose him. And I live with a lot of regrets because of this, so you need to do your best to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and that's what the show is about. And so, like, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but it's just, like, really well written, mm-hmm. really well animated and well paced. It's about 12 episodes, I think, or 13, one of those. And it's just, oh, boy, you <laughs> cry a lot. Just <laughs> There is straight a up lot weeping. of emotion. Oh, yeah. Just straight up weeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and the friend group is just so good mm-hmm. and supportive. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really rare to see, like, a friend group in a show that's just, like, fully realized and like you appreciate all the people in it and you know why they're all friends mm-hmm. and like that they love each other so much and that's another thing it was like a show that like wasn't afraid to like show that platonic love between people mm-hmm. like they're always hugging and they're always like holding each other like even the guys and it's like i don't know it's just so nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just oh yeah that was my favorite anime of this year i think i think yeah for sure yeah definitely um and uh but trigger warning or content warning for like suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. portrayals of suicide like depression like things like that it's a very heavy show but i think they do it in a very mature and respectful way and it's just they show it very realistically in all its forms like you can smile and still be depressed and they like talk about that Mm -hmm. and i just think like it's just very good. I highly recommend it. Definitely. And that was, yeah, that was my favorite anime. Crap, now I'm thinking about Orange. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forced Richard to watch it a few months ago, and I have a great image of him holding all of my stuffed pigeons, <laughs> crying. Like, oh man, why do you do this to me, Kelly? <laughs> I'm trying to make your world better. Oh, thanks. So what's your favorite? So... I'm having trouble with chronology because like, you know, Kelly and I both graduated from college in this past year and I've been having trouble with like time and relativity and understanding how long (laughs) it's been. When did we watch Erased? Erased was last year. Okay. That's like solidly last year, right? Wait, was it? Hold on. Maybe it wasn't. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Because that's true. If that was this year, then that one's also incredible. Like, because that was like such an important piece. That was a good one. Okay, wait. We're looking it up. We'll edit this out and post. Oh, yes. Oh, 2016. Ah, oh, 2016. So that was. Yeah, it was in um, it was in 2016. God. Yeah, it was a whole year ago. So wait, that does that count? I would count that as because it's only February 26th right now. Yeah, that counts. That counts. I guess that counts. That feels maybe. like that was like years ago. <laughs> No, no, no. I guess that counts. You're in. You're good. All right, I'm in. And let me say right now why I really wanted this show to be one of my top shows from this past year. Like, again, it's one of these, um, it's, it's a show in which the main characters are trying to prevent some, like, a terrible event from happening. That's right! Friend. And, like, there's time travel. They, like, the main character goes back in time. Well, okay. Am I giving spoilers right now, Lance? <laughs> no. Well, so the main character has um satoru i remember his name satoru. uh <laughs> has like this ability called revival where all throughout his life or at least his adult life he's like 29 and this is set in 2006 uh he has the ability that like when something is going wrong he can go back in time like five minutes and then when that happens he knows he needs to do something to change something but then something happens in the first episode that's horrendous and Instead of going back five minutes like normal, he goes back 
18 years to when he's in fifth grade, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is also when uh, a series of child abductions and murders happened. And so he thinks it's all related and he starts trying to solve that mystery. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the premise of the show. But go on. Well, yeah. So again, content warning. There's like some really heavy stuff in this show, like <laughs> all over the place. Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah. And um, I really enjoyed this show because um, I feel as though each of the characters was extraordinarily compelling. And uh, also just the plot itself was well written and kept me on the edge of my seat for the entire show. And that one I definitely wept for at least 50% of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Content warning includes like child abuse. Um, I mean, children are murdered technically. Yes. You, like, you don't see it, but like. They're that's, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like manipulation, things like that. Yeah, definitely. It's also a really good whodunit because like you kind of think you know, mm. but then you're like never sure until it happens. Absolutely. Yeah, they do a really good job of like not revealing it and like having mm-hmm. you sort of not really sure, but like sort of maybe figuring it out. Yeah, it's a good time. Like this just build up of tension of like, oh God, I just don't feel right about this person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe they're fine. <laughs> and it's like that tension that you feel with the main character of like oh god and then when it does become incredibly clear it's like oh no get out of there you gotta get out of there they don't get out of there and you're just like oh no oh no oh no it's just a lot of dread Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of dread in that Uh it's a good time if you haven't seen it and you're interested i encourage you to watch it the ending is weird though i will admit (laughs) apparently it's very different from the manga the ending is a different ending it's I thought it was still fun. Mm-hmm. It was a fun ending. Yeah. Uh, but it is very weird. Yes. I don't know if I'd call it a happy ending. Uh, well, uh, hmm. Without spoiling. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what kind of ending I would call that. It's, really, it's, it's, comp- it's gray. It's one of those gray <laughs> Orange has a very good ending. I yes, think. absolutely. Very. <sighs> Just a lot of, like, catharsis mm-hmm. when you watch that show. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, is there, like, on your list later on a favorite show of all time question? Uh, let me check. No, there are, like, derivations of that question, but, like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we want to talk about our favorite shows of all time. I would be happy to talk about my favorite shows of all time. What's your favorite show of all time? You have to pick one. <sighs> okay, so I was looking over my original responses to these questions, and, like, they've definitely, a lot of them have definitely changed since Yeah, I was what was your favorite. favorite of this year? Oh, uh, back, back in- when I was in high school, I had said, like, I think High School Me had said Soul Eater because I was, like, <laughs> literally in love with that show. You still are. I Why are you pretending? I still am. And you know what? I was about to say for my favorite show of all time, I was probably going to say Soul Eater. <laughs> Why? While I have my issues with the show and I understand it as a very flawed piece of work with a lot of weird pacing issues and, like, things that just don't make any sense at all, I have never, like watched such such a show like with such enthrallment and like like i i watched the crap out of that show i loved it so much and uh, yeah that's one of my that's 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 probably probably the one i'd pick right now is like my favorite show of all time how about you kellogg i think i have to go with evangelion Uh, i'm surprised i'm not i'm joking (laughs) uh i watched evangelion in 2013 right it was the same year that free came out um, oh, was that recent? Okay. 
and uh, Attack on Titan. It was that summer, that like blockbuster anime summer <sighs> of like everyone started watching anime again. And it was like after a big lull in like me liking anime. Mm. Like my freshman year, I was kind of on my like, oh no, maybe I don't like anime anymore. <sighs> I'm sad. Like I can't find any shows that are airing that I really like. And like I was kind of in between fandoms and being kind of like in this new college world and i was just kind of like i don't know and then i went to japan that summer and didn't do anything really anime related <laughs> because i wasn't into it and then literally the next week free and attack on china <laughs> and it was like the i don't know if i'll ever go to japan again it's such a waste <laughs> i mean no it was great i loved it there but uh it was a waste <laughs> in that and also that same summer i watched all of evangelion and fell absolutely in love with my one and true son, Shinji Ikari. If you don't like Shinji, go away. <laughs> I shouldn't be limiting our audience already, but go <laughs> Because I have a lot of feelings. I don't know. It was a point in my life where I very much related to Shinji and his struggle of like, why am I here? Who am I? You know, things mm. like that. And I don't know. I just found his whole character arc kind of like it, it takes mental illness very seriously in my opinion and like its depiction of like ptsd and depression and like all of those kinds of diseases or illnesses and i just really appreciated it and it just like made me cry a lot it was very cathartic and i loved it and i love mm. evangelion and i think it's amazing and i think everyone should watch it even though it's very flawed <laughs> and like it's pacing at the end and it's budget um <laughs> and it's like rushedness at some points and it's use of still images <laughs> it has a ton of problems um but i still think it just it made me feel a lot and it really connected with me and so i can never say that it isn't my favorite show of all time it's like such an iconic piece i feel like i mean yeah. that's definitely one that people will recognize that's one of the more recognizable yeah. titles i've talked about with people yeah it's also interesting because shinji from what i've like sort of seen when talking to people he seems to be one of the more divisive characters that like, he is. Um, there's like two opinions about him. And it's basically one is that he cries too much. He needs to man up and he needs to like stop being so whiny and actually get stuff done when he's upset, which is like, there's some validness to that, but it's also cloaked in this kind of very like hyper masculine kind of like, he's a boy. He should be fine. Yeah, It sounds kind of like and some I, like, that's what I disagree stuff, with specifically. Yeah. I do understand that like he does complain a lot and I can see why people would get frustrated with that. Like there's a lot of episodes where he like runs away and doesn't do anything. And you're like in a plot sense, it kind of feels like he's meandering about and it's like, let's get to the point. Mm. And so I understand that critique. I don't agree when it's cloaked in this hyper masculinity of like he should man up. Why is he crying mm. so much? Because that's gross. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then the other side who really likes Shinji, like I do, show like no, he's fourteen and he's upset um, because his dad is forcing him to do these very dangerous things and manipulating him to do that through guilting um, and other kinds of means. Like he has a lot of abandonment issues. Like this is a very realistic way for a fourteen year old to be dealing with these situations and so like that's more of the camp that i fall into mm. for sure which is probably why i gave a better explanation for oh. it so <laughs> you can see my inherent biases i'm sure there's more critiques about him but i don't really go out of my way to look at those <laughs> because i'm not really in i just really like the show and i'm cool with that mm. but 
I just think that it has a lot of, like, there's episodes that just, like, completely, Shinji reacts very realistically to the things that happen to him, in my opinion. Like, when he's forced to pilot a robot, he's very upset mm. and he's very scared. And then once he's in the situation and people have been constantly telling him to do things, he'll start doing those things and not think about, like, you need to stop now. Like, he he has this deference to authority, especially in the beginning, that just kind of traps him into these situations and then gets him in trouble later. And it's a very confusing thing as a 14-year-old to be like, go fight an angel and then he fights an angel and they're like why did you do that you told me to i didn't understand that things change immediately in the battlefield and you know strategies have to change and like people get frustrated with that with being like they're telling him to stop why is he still fighting the angel it's like well because they told him earlier that he needs to fight the angel Mm. and he's 14 and he doesn't really understand battle strategy Mm. (laughs) he's a child and he's just doing what he was initially told Mm. It's a very stressful situation. I don't know. I'm going on a rant. <laughs> we can cut all this. I love Shinji. I think he's fascinating. We can do a whole episode on Evangelion. You haven't seen Evangelion. You've only seen the movies. I've only seen the movies. Which are good, but very different. I think it's like- The show is much grittier, much more character development. I think it's better. Fourth movie still not out. Hideki Anno, where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Please release us from this prison. This is the fourth movie. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Sorry. We should have a whole episode on Evangelion. I feel like that would that people. I I feel like that would be important to have. I feel like I'll get a lot of people mad. I don't know. I've just seen the show multiple times. I don't read about it. I should read about it. Uh, Speaking of Evangelion, um, last night my friend was like, "Hey, have you ever heard of a show called Mars of Destruction?" And I had never heard of it. Have you heard of this, Kelly? No. What's that? Mars of Destruction was this twenty-minute anime movie, and. Two minutes into it, I realized that it was an exact ripoff. Okay, I won't. It was very closely <laughs> tied to and borrowed many ideas and references to Evangelion. There is, and it was an anime movie. It's an anime movie. It's called Mars Destruction. It's twenty minutes long. It has a one point six out of ten on IMDb. Okay, solid. And the des- the description on IMDb, uh, and I quote from IMDb.com, says Martians attack Japan. And the Barber of Seville plays during the climax. That's about it. (laughs) And that's really all that there is. (laughs) But the reason I bring it up is because um, it's about this boy who, like, he's 14 is what it seems like. And he's forced to wear this alien-defeating robot suit by his dad. And he says, I don't want to wear the suit, dad. And his dad says, you have to. And then he gets up on a crucifix and that turns him into a robot. And that's... It sounds so. Uh, yeah. So far, no similarities. <laughs> Very original two, work two right here. Shows. <laughs> no, but yes. Do you know that like the Christian the Evangelion has a lot of Christian themes in it? Like the monsters are called angels. They turn into crucifixes when they mm. die. Um, things get crucified later on. Like you can relate Misato to the Virgin Mary in a way. Like da 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 da. That you know that's all just like a joke, right? <laughs> Because there's, like, people are like, oh, man, this is so deep. Like, look at all this deep symbolism. But, like, Hideki Anno revealed in, like, an interview that it was like, no, we just thought that Christianity looked cool. So we, like, put those things in. We don't really know anything. And I'm like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I love Evangelion. That's very good. I love fake deep. Love it. Love that garbage. So good. That makes me anyway, so Anyway, I read happy. that somewhere. That's I forget so where. good. So good. I think you had brought that up during your presentation, I think, during that on a project. Did I? I think you might have I did. A, it. I literally did a presentation on Evangelion for class, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And it was about the last two episodes that no one likes except me. <laughs> but that's fine. Again, wow. I'm just watching all of our 
five fans disintegrating <laughs> zero before my eyes. Amazing. I have a painting of Shinji in my room that I painted on the wall of him holding his mug. That iconic screenshot. He stares at you. This is who I am. I'm so sorry. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> He's like watching me right now and judging me right in front of me. It's very upsetting. I'm sorry, Shinji. I'll stop talking about you. Talking about them this whole time. <laughs> but yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, you, uh, enough of, I, uh, enough, enough. What, what, you said that you also had something that you wanted to do where I would learn something today. Yeah, Richard's going to learn something today. And you guys might learn something today too. Mm. Uh, something that I noticed from this conversation and also from last week is that we've been very anime-centric, which is fine because we both love anime and that's basically like the most animation content we consume. Mm. But I want to make sure that this kind of podcast is more general and more like about animation in everything. Mm. And so I was looking up stuff about like, what was the first animation? Like, what was the first cartoon, you know? Mm. And I thought I knew the answer and it turned out that I didn't. <laughs> because I found about I found Pauvre Pierrot by Charles Emile Reynaud and that's the first animated cartoon and I had never heard of this in my life have you ever heard of mm, Poor Pierre? I don't think basically? so, no okay, it was in 1892 that's a long time ago right, and not what, like I remember like, you know those chalkboard drawings the many faces, yeah, yeah. like we saw those in class those are like what I thought was always like the first kind of cartoon, mm. but we were wrong. <laughs> and it was this guy, Charles Emile Renault, I'll just call him Renault, um, in 1892, and he made like the first kind of cartoon. Um, and so I want to talk about that. Wait, what, how do you spell his name? Um, R E Y N A U D, Renault. Huh. And it was like probably the first ever known like animated cartoon with like a plot and stuff and like characters and things. And he, and it was with 500 frames. Total? Yeah. This specific cartoon mm. of Piero, which is like crazy because back in the day, this was back during like, you know, zoetropes and things yeah. like that. So I just kind of want to like give you some background about this guy. Wait, so this, this is in guy, color too. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, that's like, yeah. Like you're skipping ahead. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I got excited. <laughs> so... Pauvre Pierrot was this first animated cartoon made in 1992 by this guy. Um, and it was made by 500 glass plates that he painted himself. And it was shown in this thing called a theater optique that he invented. And it was seen by like 500,000 people in like the 10 years that he was showing it. And um, But before I like talk about what the actual plot of it was, like I thought I would kind of talk about what a theater optique is because then I started searching that and it was like so cool. So like you know what a zoetrope is, right? Mm -hmm. Well, for people who don't know, it's like this thing that you spin and you look through these little slits and there's like these usually like 12 or 10 images of like a person, like different frames of them like running or something. And when you spin the thing and look in the slit, it looks like it's moving on its own. When you move it, it moves. <laughs> so Charles, he took this and he made something called a proxinoscope. And what that did was that you didn't need to look through the slits. He kind of put this instead in the center of the spinning disc. He put like these mirrors. And when you spun it, you could just look in the mirror and it reflected the animation. So like a lot of people could like gather around and see what's happening. So um, see that little animation of like that person running. Mm. And it's still just like, you know, 12 frames or whatever because it's like a little device. Um, but the other cool thing about this is that you were kind of able to um, put a background and have those moving characters superimposed on it. 
through the reflection of these mirrors. That's really cool. Oh, man. Right? So it's the start of that. And he's like the first person to have that idea of having a static background and having characters move on top of it, mm. which is like become a staple of animation mm. later on with Disney and all that stuff. So he was like the first one playing around with this in like the 1880s. And then he invented something called the um, projection proxiniscope, which used like a lantern to project the image onto the background. And you could like peer into this little viewing um, square to see it. So it's like this full fledged like character walking on a background or whatever, or like someone throwing a ball on a background. And then finally, in 1888, he creates the Theater Optique, which is like a much bigger version of this that actually projected the image onto a wall. So then you could have like people sitting like an audience and watching this animation, which is like the first time that's ever happened. That's so, so cool. Like, Instead of like having right? to like appear into like a tiny little thing. Yeah. Like, and the contraption is huge for it because basically like he had, this is what, how he was able to do like 500 images for one animation because he just made this huge giant rig that he would turn with the crane and it would move the images along and they would flash onto the screen quickly to form that animation. So it was just him like cranking this thing. Um, and then the images would pass through on like those like film reels almost, mm. but they weren't film reels yet. It was like little glass painting squares. And then he had the background already there su- to superimpose them on. That's kind of how he made this cartoon. And like there's there was like a there's a documentary by Disney that talks about this. And like I found a clip of it on YouTube, so you can definitely like watch it. I'll put a link below. Mm. Um, and it's like fascinating to see the rig that he came up with. It's, like, really cool. Mm. And so then he creates these cartoons. And the one, the only one that survived um, to now is uh, Pauvre Pierrot or, like, Poor Pierre or Poor Peter. And I can tell you what the plot of that show is. <laughs> there are three characters. There's a Harlequin, uh. which is Richard's favorite kind uh. of person. <laughs> Um, and he, and it's set in like this kind of courtyard and he, uh, this Harlequin jokester just jumps over the wall to meet this woman who's apparently named Columbine. I guess he explained that before. Cause you know, there's no talking. <laughs> there is music. He would have like a live music play as this went on, go along with the animation. And so there's this woman. And so this Harlequin clearly has like the hots for her and she clearly likes him. Uh, and they're like doing some stuff and then mm. they're interrupted with a knock at the door. And so the Harlequin hides behind this pole. And I think this is where, like, Looney Tunes might get that idea of, like, when you hide behind a skinny pole, your whole body goes away. (laughs) You know that cartoon joke? Because that's what happens here. I feel like it's the first time. Anyway, Harlequin hides behind this, like, pole or column. And then, like, Piero enters. And so Piero, he's into this girl. And so he starts giving her flowers and, like, praising her or whatever looks like and she's like very not into this (laughs) so she just goes inside and leaves him there and then like anyone in the face of rejection piero starts getting drunk and like just drinking and then starts serenading like with like his little instrument and just like screaming whatever to her window and she's like not into it at all um and while he's doing that uh the harlequin keeps like coming out from his little column hiding spot to like poke at him and like then duck away so like Pierro thinks he's going insane because <laughs> someone keeps tapping him and then he's so terrified he eventually just runs away and then the harlequin just comes back out and the girl comes out and then they go inside her house probably to have some fun Ooh. and that's it and it's Ooh. like this plot like that you can clearly follow <laughs> what <laughs> Richard what are those noises I don't, for? like clowns <laughs> 
I never could have guessed. <laughs> uh, poor, poor, poor Pierre losing out to a sexy clown. Sexy clown. Mm-hmm. So the sexy clown gets it. Um, and it's just like this three act almost structure of like a plot. And it's the like, usually when you think of like the first of anything, it's a very simple thing. Mm. Like, oh my God, look, it's amazing. This first cave painting or whatever. And it's like, it's amazing because of its time. Mm. You know, because it's the first. Mm. But this is like a literal show mm. yeah. as the first thing ever. And um, it wasn't what he would do. What Charles would do was he'd have like this show along with two other cartoons that also had clowns in them. Why? Um, I don't. Two other animated shorts. And he would play them all together as kind of a full show that people would go to. Mm. And yeah, but like no one really talks about it anymore because he gets outshined by like those other animators that come very soon after. Mm who like create other kinds of inventions that are like more high tech. Mm. And so he kind of gets left behind. Mm. Uh, but I still think it's like, it's very cool. You can see the whole cartoon like on YouTube now. Make sure you find the one with sound. I can probably link it. That's cool. Yeah, It's also kind of creepy. I don't recommend watching it alone in bed by yourself <laughs> because that's what I did at like 1am. And it's kind of creepy because they're like white and they're flickering and like, there's something haunting about that, but like that's probably not the effect he meant. <laughs> Clowns always no. trying to be nice and lighthearted, but somehow they just come across as not very moody. You know how it goes. Yeah, but like I said, Pueblo Piero is the only surviving bit, and that's because sadly, like this always happens with like mm. inventors who get outshined. But he, um, Renaud, he like continued to work on animation for the rest of his life, but like with little success after this bit. Because the hype around, like, cinema, new inventions kind of outweighed him. And so he ended up dying in poverty. And eight years before he died, he threw all of his work into the River Seine. No! And only... Yeah, I know, right? All of that was lost because he just threw it in a river because he was so upset. And uh, so only Pauvre Piero survived. But, yeah... Isn't that awful? That is awful. Oh my gosh. I remember us learning about like the competition in the animation world, like in early animation, like people were like kind of vicious with each other with like developing the technology to make it happen. And like also having to like get the investors to like actually back such a project like that, that involves so much manpower and like, yeah, like labor, like early Disney animation history with how Disney was pretty cutthroat with like making sure that his stuff got through. That could be a whole episode of (laughs) Oh, gosh. But no, yeah, so it was all destroyed, and it's so sad. That's so sad. Um, But you can find, like, I can put the links to the videos that I watch, Mm. but, like, there's so much information out there that no one's really talking about, and it's sad Mm. because it's, like, really cool. (laughs) (sighs) I think it's really cool. I guess we're all just doomed to obscurity someday, you know? Wow, thanks, Richard. You're welcome. (laughs) What a... What a bummer. Yes. Richard the bummer. (laughs) Richard the bum. Hey, you know me. That's what they call me. That's my nickname. That's not Disgusting. my nickname. I wish it was. I'd like to make but that's a different point. You do have a rich uh, nickname. That's right, I do. You've like Rickard. Mm-hmm. I started calling myself. Richard. I don't want to curse on this podcast. Yes. I can't give you a real nickname. <laughs> the one by which I am commonly known. <laughs> this is a family this podcast. This is a family podcast. Wholesome, wholesome content. Wholesome, wholesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah, so, I mean, animation is very much tied with the french they love their animation mm-hmm. and so who else was it was it the uh western uh, there's a lot of eastern european cultures that were really into animation as well yeah like the checks and stuff yeah big on stop motion that's a whole other episode too mm-hmm. there's just like a lot out there to talk about oh yeah and that i really want to like look into more 
because I'm always lazy and this forced me to look into something and then I found something cool. Nice. So I'm glad I got to learn you something. Yeah, I got to, I got, I learned a little something added to my knowledge bank. Yeah, so now when you're in trying to be cool in a bar, because <laughs> that's what you do in your spare time, right now, <laughs> go to bars and try to look cool, you can actually succeed now with your very obscure animation trivia knowledge. Just sidle up to someone and say, you know, did you know that some French guy was the first one to make animation happen? I forgot and his then name you already. Get, you, oh wow, you're literally <laughs> the worst. You just told you me. You don't remember the year or the person or the name of the show. 18. Dude. 18. Yeah, in the year 18. In the year 18. Jesus and the crew. Yep, Jesus and the crew. Did you know? Did you know <laughs> that Jesus was the first animator? Take a Wait, swig Jesus, of my beer. did Jesus die <gasps> zero ad or was i forget oh shoot we shouldn't talk about yeah. this <laughs> but still jesus was the first animator and that he came back from the dead or was he reanimated hmm. i'm gonna cut that okay we'll have to bleep that so far i've contributed nothing <laughs> yep i like to think of myself as that kind of person that part of the team <laughs> So I think last time we ended by giving recommendations oh, that's right. for people. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations this week, Richard? I will formally request. No, no, don't, don't be overbearing. Oh yeah. Me. Last week you recommended something for yourself. How did that oh, go? Oh, I didn't watch did it. Did it work? <laughs> it's, okay. I don't Good even job. remember what the, I don't even remember what I recommended. Persona. Oh, Persona. Oh, because I haven't played any Persona in the past week because I've been playing a bunch of other video games, but what I have been watching, and what I think, if you like things, you should watch this, because it's, it's a good thing, is... Let me guess. It starts with a D. It does start with a D. It's called <laughs> Digimon Tamers. Also known as Season 3 of Digimon. And I just watched some good uh, good things. Some good things happen. <laughs> like, some love, and some tears, and some, some, some Digivolution. That was pretty good. So uh, if you like that, it's probably the best Digimon series I've ever seen in my whole life. I feel like this is just, you talked about Digimon Tamers last week. Yeah, I did. Is this just going to be your thing? Yes, this is going to be my week shit. you're like, we should watch Digimon Tamers and then no one watches Digimon Tamers. Kelly, the only reason I went onto this podcast with you was to convince people to watch Digimon Tamers. That's not true, but that's my new goal. Okay, thanks. Well, I'm going to provide an actual different recommendation. <laughs> um, last night, I marathoned the entirety of Ping Pong the Animation. Are you serious? Oh <laughs> my god. And it was really good. So, um, it's not your typical sports anime, like, at all. It's very different. It's more about growing up and kind of, like, figuring out who you are and, like, what your future is. It follows, like, the story of these five um, ping pong players who are all at different schools and they kind of get like a somewhat equal time to like flesh out their stories, which is very different from normal sports anime where usually you're focused on your one team. Mm. Like you get snippets of the other teams, but there's very much a bias. Um, here it's kind of like all four of them. I mean, there's still a bias, but it's like more equal. The character development is just very good. Mm. Like they spend a lot of time kind of fleshing out this these characters and their stories and how like, they grow and there's a lot of callback to like childhood you find out stuff about like their future future like in adulthood which never happens and i don't know it was just a very good and it like i didn't expect to be as invested as i ended up being <sighs> into their lives and i like really was and it was just it was very good and the i and i haven't even mentioned the animation style it's very weird 
it almost looks like a draft almost because it's not like clean cut but then there's these moments of like beauty and it's just like a very surreal experience and like i highly recommend it was it made by the same people who did the tatami galaxy i don't know i thought i heard I that from someone in an anime club it might be it's only 12 episodes long or uh, it's actually 11 um and so you can watch it in one whole night like i did highly recommend it i went to bed at like 2 a.m it's great masaki okay yeah it looks as though this guy uh made ping pong and also, Tommy. Oh shoot! Okay, well, I accidentally closed my my browser window, but that's okay. Wait, <laughs> this guy also worked on. No, he he was inspired by the wrong trousers, which is a, a show. It's a Laws and Grama animation short. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, claymation is also really cool. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a whole thing. But I really want to ping pong the animation. It sounds awesome. That's what anime clubs are watching, right? Good. Anime Club just finished it. Our previous club, mm. which we, I'm probably we haven't talked about it yet, uh, <laughs> uh, just watched it, and like all of our underclassmen have been yelling at me to watch it, so I just watched it all last night, and it was very good. So I highly recommend it. Ping Pong the animation. It's on Crunchyroll, all of the episodes. So go for it. I don't know where Digimon Tamers is. Netflix. I've never watched Digimon Tamers. I probably won't. Okay, but you're missing out on some quality. Some good things. You're missing out on 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 growing up and on on digital monsters, the two best <laughs> things in the world. What do you think about the differences between Pokemon and Digimon fans? I, do you think that exists? Oh, do you think there's two camps and you can only belong in one? I, I, I am. I actually know nothing about the Digimon fandom because I only <laughs> just started checking out the show and I haven't taken part in any fan activities because I don't want any spoilers. But uh, I, as a diehard Pokemon fan, am... And betraying your origins, going okay. to the other side. Is that what you Digimon is completely different from Pokemon. Okay. It is, uh, it is, it focuses much more, I feel, on the plot and on specific, like, on, like, ongoing development. Whereas Pokemon much more feels like a monster of the week sort of thing. Where, like, there's, like, hey, we're walking along trying to get our eight badges. And I love it. But this has, like... I love the characters in it. They're very good characters, and they develop and they grow. And Geomon is good, and Terriermon is good, and Venomon is good. And it's a good time. Um, so Digimon's more about like the characters and plot lines, so it's better as a show. While Pokemon is more about the world and like your experience in it, yes. so it's better as a game. Absolutely, I will have to say that um, Digimon. I enjoy watching the show. Uh, now as an adult, I don't know if I'd enjoy watching Pokemon now. As, I mean, because a huge part of Pokemon for me is the nostalgia. Well, no, that's mm. not true. I've watched some new Pokemon and I've really enjoyed it. So, like, yeah. I would I would definitely have to agree with that, where one focuses much more on plot and the characters, whereas the other one focuses sort of on the world itself, which I often, like, part of the enjoyment I have is, like, thinking, like, wow, I like this world, and I like imagining, like, these characters in this world interacting with all these different Pokemon. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess. I guess. I remember the only thing of Digimon I remember is watching the movie and how awful it was because it was three movies smushed into one. It was literally three movies, oh, but they made it into one <sighs> where each movie was like 30 minutes. But then they made it better because Summer Wars came out, which is the Digimon movie, but so good. It is the Watch Digimon movie, isn't it? It literally is. It is the Digimon movie, <sighs> but actually good. So watch Summer Wars. Don't watch Digimon Dreamers. And oh, 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 I'll be coming back. <laughs> I'm coming back. 
All right, I guess we kind of got off on a tangent, but yeah, this week's recs are Ping Pong the Animation. And Digimon Tamers. <laughs> we also like to thank the Fat Rat for his song Prelude, which we used as our theme song for the episode. You can check out all his music on his YouTube channel. Uh, the link will be below. Uh, and But with that, I guess we're going to go. So yeah. remember, draw yourself some good vibes this week. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good week.